0: You're listening to The Voice of Doc. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is Nobody's Home by Pascal Farfel, who spends much of his time as a fursuiter and musician, but is occasionally known to pick up a pen and paper, and you can find more of his stories on his Fur Affinity page. Please enjoy Nobody's Home by Pascal Farfel. James the Rat awoke one sleepy Thursday morning in a small town near Woking, England. He looked over to see his husband Harry, an otter, looking back at him, smiling. The two got out of bed and started to organise their day. Everything seemed to be normal. Things only began to be abnormal when Harry went to the letterbox and saw at least forty letters having been pushed through it. The otter scratched his head before turning to James. I think someone put these through our door as a prank, Harry grumbled, starting to gather them up. Fucking kids these days! the rat muttered, going into the kitchen to start working on breakfast, noting how quiet everything felt. He opened a window and switched on the radio. He could hear a crackle of a definite radio transmission, but no sound of music. Or presenters, or adverts, or anything. "'Hmm, classic rock radio's gone too,' he said, before starting to reprogram it. Harry then walked into the kitchen too. "Uh, "'James, dear,' he said quietly, stepping closer." I'm getting kind of freaked, he muttered. James looked over to Harry, then nodded. "Don't worry, I'm sure it's just a coincidence, he began, before dialing in Radio 1. Attention, this is an emergency broadcast. If you can hear this message, remain in your homes. Remain calm. Listen to updates from police and local authorities, the radio voice said, before looping, perhaps infinitely. Harry stood dumbstruck, before grabbing James around the waist and gripping tight. ''My God, James, what'll we do?'' the otter cried. James's eyes narrowed. ''We'll we'll start by doing exactly as it says, but not before some breakfast,'' he grumbled. ''Do you want tea or coffee?'' After about five minutes, the two were sat in the living room. Harry was petrified, sitting with his arms around James, nervously sipping his coffee. James seemed more confident, or at least less scared.' He picked up the phone and proceeded to ring the police. After dialing 999, nobody would answer to transfer him. James's confidence began to fail at this point. "'How oh God! he whispered. "'What? What's going on?' Harry cried, vising his arms tighter around his husband. James eased the phone down and turned to face Harry, practically about to cry. "'There's nobody there! Nobody at all!' Harry put his head in his hands and started to sob. James slowly put his arms around Harry. It's okay. I... it must just be, he said, looking out the window. But that was a grave sight, too. The buildings looked to be intact, but there was nobody driving around or walking around. It was deadly quiet. The rat got to his feet. What is it? Harry asked, looking up. Nothing, James whispered. Oh, don't give me that. Harry barked, grabbing a pillow and trying to drive it through his skull, but unable even to cause himself minor pain. Now, now, that's what I mean. There's nothing out there. No people, nobody driving around. It's as if people just disappeared, James uttered. Harry lowered the pillow and gulped. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? The otter asked again. What if it's poisonous out there? James shook his head. I doubt it. I opened a window in the kitchen, and I haven't had any ill effect. Harry scratched the back of his head. You mean to tell me that all the people have simply disappeared? James nodded. That's what I think, the rat said, turning to face Harry again. Got any other ideas? he asked. The otter went red and shook his head. So if nobody's around, what should we do? he asked. James scratched his head. ''I think we should make sure we're alone,'' he said, ''and then I suggest we go supply shopping, or, well, for want of a better word, loot the shops,'' he said. Harry jumped up and was about to say something, but James stopped him. ''If we're the only ones left alive, we can take what we need to survive,'' he said. After a hanging silence, Harry nodded, getting to his feet and walking around to the front room, noticing the letters again. ''What about those?'' the otter asked. James pondered. "'Huh, well, how about you open them while I go and scout around town?' the rat offered. Harry very firmly shook his head. "'No fucking way,' the otter said. "'I'm not leaving you.' James would open his mouth to complain, but closed it again, unable to find a reason not to. "'But what if someone tries to break into our house?' he suggested at last. Harry shrugged. "'Well, if we're not in, they'll steal all our stuff.' If we're in, they'll steal all our stuff, because I don't know about you, but I'm not going to get myself killed, the otter said firmly. James nodded. I'll lock the place up best I can. Then we'll head out, the rat said. After about ten or twenty minutes, James and Harry were stood outside the house, the rat locking the door and putting his keys back in his pocket, hand moving to hold his husband's. The two walked to the edge of their garden and peered around. In their view, they could see a bike dumped on the side of the road and an abandoned car. Everything else looked normal, if empty. They stood there for a while, waiting to see if anyone turned up. Nobody did. The village, perhaps the county, England, Europe, maybe even the whole world, was empty, except for them. The two men looked at each other. "'Well, fuck,' James said simply to Harry. James and Harry walked up the street, taking in the empty buildings and the abandoned cars. There were no signs of distress, no signs of suffering, of pain, just nothing. Everyone was gone. The two walked hand in hand, taking a moment to walk over to a pub on the other side of the road. The door was open, the pair stepping inside. It seemed like everything else. There were a few full bottles of spirits on the back wall behind the bar, a few marks where a cleaner had wiped down the tops of the tables, as well as a broom, a bin, nothing that stood out as being harmful. James walked to the bar and peered behind it, seeing if anything was hidden there. There was nothing out of the ordinary. Harry went to the bin and riffled through it, he too finding nothing of interest. The otter's head bolted up when he heard the till open. James he growled. The rat slammed the till shut. What? he asked. Harry took a pace closer, eyes on his husband. You're you're not robbing them, are you? he asked. James narrowed his eyes. Of course not. Why would I? There's nobody on the planet to give money to, he said, stepping back from behind the bar. Harry solemnly nodded. "'If you're right that there's nobody, then I guess taking things isn't that bad?' he muttered. James was about to turn and pick up a fancy-looking bottle of gin, but he decided against it. "'Oh, God, I don't know what to do!' the rat moaned, putting his head in his hands. Harry looked back to the open door of the pub. "'All right, I think I know what we need to do is what you said before. "'Stock up,' he said. "'Essentials, bottled water... "'Foods that keep for long periods of time,' the otter said. James nodded, walking back to the door, the two walking through it, the rat having some faint hope that by opening the door again people would somehow return to the streets. But nobody did. As much as James didn't want to admit it, they were alone. The two walked up to a local shop, the door open, and looked around as the place lay empty.' Thankfully, due to the advancements in solar and wind power, the town wouldn't lose power. The wind farms and the solar panels would power them, as long as the wind and sun didn't abandon them like seemingly everything else had prior. The two took paper bags and began to fill them with bottles of water, soon having four bags of them, each taking two bags, and taking them back to their house. They returned to look over the foods. I still feel a little guilty about this, Harry said. James nodded. "'But you understand that, you know, if we don't do this, we'll die, right?' he said. The otter meekly returned the nod before the pair returned to contemplating the food. "'Should we take foods that expire soon, eat them up, then take things that expire the day after, and so on?' Harry suggested. James smiled. "'Good thinking, Harry,' he said. The otter blushed and smiled, the pair starting to look through the food, picking out things that expired that day— "'sharing it out between them "'and eating what didn't need cooking as they did so. "'Do you think we should take some of this stuff anyway "'to freeze it to use later?' James asked. "'Harry pondered. "'Well, what about the other shops too?' he asked. "'Oh, Christ, Harry! "'I don't think we could eat all the food "'from just this little place, "'let alone another shop's worth!' James cried. "'Harry nodded bleakly. "'I think we should just take what we can,' he said. "'James nodded too.' and they both took out more paper bags okay so let's take enough food for us for each day overestimate it and then hopefully we'll have our fridge freezer and cupboards full eat through it and then get more the rat said harry heart pounding nodded we better do fruits and vegetables first since they rot he said after a few hours harry and james had their house full of food james stood in the hall reading the letters that had been put through the doorway None of them were hostile, however one, one, this letter was addressed directly to James instead of being to Mr. and Mr. Portsmouth. He opened it and read it himself. Dear James, it's Mark here. James gulped. Mark was his best friend, a squirrel. He was the best man at his and Harry's wedding. He lived up in Basingstoke. It's Mark here. I thought I'd better write to you as I hope this kind of thing would get through a little easier, given what's been going on. "'James's level of worry began to escalate. "'But people, people just started disappearing. "'The milkman came, but the shops were empty. "'The streets were, too. "'Nobody on the radio, either. "'I saw the postman on his round, "'and figured at least he might be able "'to get something through to you. "'I hope this letter finds you, "'and I hope you're doing well. "'If you could please... "'Well, I know I don't trust the telephones, "'but if you could give us a call, "'it'd put me at ease that maybe I'm not alone.' "'Yours, Mark Westbrook.' His number was left at the bottom of the page. James raced to the phone and punched in the number before sitting on the sofa, listening to the phone ring. It rang, and it rang. It rang for what felt like an eternity. James's hope began to die. He had hoped Mark hadn't met the same end as his hopes. James began to cry and went to hang up the phone. Click. "'Hello? Is anyone there?' came a voice through the phone. James froze. Mark, please, our oh unholy gods, please let that be you. Out from the phone again. James, James, you're alive? Y- yes, it's me, Mark. The rat nearly exploded in tears. How, oh, Mark, how glad I am to hear your voice, he wept. The two settled in to talk for a long while. Have you two rung your families? Mark asked at last, through occasional sniffs. James gulped again. "'Well, no, they haven't talked to us since the wedding. "'I I kind of left out the part about marrying a man,' he muttered. "'He heard Mark's pause. "'All right, well, might as well drive down to you, if that's all right,' the squirrel said. "'Oh, yes, of course,' James cried. "'James then heard Harry call out from the kitchen. "'There's no way me and you will be able to eat all this.' "'Well, that's all right, because Mark is alive and well, and he's going to come on down,' James called. "'Oh, thank fuck! There is intelligent life!' Harry panted, stumbling back towards the living room. Mark laughed down the phone. "'All right, I won't hang around,' he said. "'I'll see you soon!' "'Drive safe!' James added, before dropping the phone back on the receiver. He beamed as he got up and went out into the hallway. His surprise was only extended by finding Harry stood on the stairs clad only in a pair of dark grey and light blue patterned Speedos, The otter blushed with a smile. It's just us. What's wrong with showing off a little? he asked. James gulped and went red, loosening the button of the formal shirt he wore with his pinstriped black suit. Harry wore a comfortable, confident, elegant smile and descended the stairs before walking up to James and adopting a grin. James remained bashfully quiet, going very red and trembling slightly. "'Mon God, you're beautiful!' Harry chuckled softly, before giving James a kiss to the lips. "'Well, do you remember our honeymoon? "'How you always said how you wanted to walk the street without your trousers on, "'if nobody was around to watch?' The otter grinned. "'The rat blushed and laughed, rubbing the back of his head. "'Oh, yeah! Well, maybe I did say that. Uh, only if nobody was around!' Harry chuckled. "'Well, what do you know?' ''Nobody's around,'' he whispered. James shuddered with excitement, still cherry red of the face, and nodded. He nervously undid his trousers, then dropping down his slender legs and stepping his legs out of them and hanging up his trousers. It was at times like this that James wished he hadn't chosen to wear odd socks. The smile remained, broadening to a grin, one which twitched with budding excitement. Harry giggled before kissing him again. Come on, let's sit by the river.'' the otter said, walking to the front door and opening it. James smiled and followed him, locking the door behind them. They walked through the warm dusk to the riverbank, just past the shop. The sounds of crickets and lapping water massaged the midsummer air. The two sat together beside the river, watching the shimmering waters, the two men alone, free to do as they pleased. They made love as the light faded and the night light rolled on, the moon the only witness to their night of passion." Short of breath, they lay together and looked up at the stars, clothes discarded, Harry's arm and leg around James, the pair nuzzling each other tenderly. I, uh, I guess I can get used to this, James said with a chuckle and a nervous smile. Harry nodded. Yeah, I can too, as long as I've got you, he said, before the pair kissed again. Later that night, Mark came and lay down with them the rat and the otter scrambling to redress, a problem particularly for James, who didn't have any trousers to put back on. With blushes shared, the three looked fondly up at the stars before falling asleep one by one. It seemed, with the right people by your side, perhaps the apocalypse might not be so bad. This was Nobody's Home by Pascal Farfel, read to you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.